Okay, now, what? What? Uh, back in the fifties, what was going on with you and Jimmy? And I, I know that you came here to Henderson and made it your home permanently, but then you got connected with the island out there. What was what was going on there then? Well, we moved here permanently in 1958. Um, and at that time, the island, I'm trying to think of when GE deeded it over to. Do you remember when they deeded it? Well, they gave it up in about 57, but I don't think they deeded it to almost 59. Okay. So, yes, we moved here, and as I said, Dick and, Jick, Dick and uh, Jill Billings moved into a house on the Harbor Road, not too far from where we lived. And so, being new in the area, we became friends. And then in the summertime, because we came in the late fall, and then the springtime, they moved over to the island. And I was over there all the time with Jill, because she had a daughter that was within six months of my daughter. And uh, we became very close friends. And so I watched it all develop, the island when the Y had it. But I was connected with the island before that when I worked at GE. I worked for the manager of finance, who was the one who uh, used to pay all the bills to keep the, the island going for six weeks. So I was very familiar with Association Island. And coming up here, before we moved permanently, we moved here, we came weekends. And uh, I can remember bringing my Jamie over to Hammond's store for ice cream and seeing all the activity next door of the men coming and going. And I knew a lot of the men that would be invited to the conferences. So uh, I sort of was familiar with the island for a good many years. What kind of things do you remember paying for, whether it was food or fuel or supplies or materials or what? For the island? Right. Uh, what were they paying for and hauling over there? What were they using over there? Well, they were using everything to uh, cater to all the conferences that the Y would hold. They would have uh, the Christian youth. Uh, no, I'm sorry, I mean when GE had it. Oh, when GE had it. Uh, well, what he did was he didn't get into, we didn't pay individual bills. We just paid the uh, whatever bills were submitted from the island. Um, it was basically for food, for anything needed to operate the island, but I don't remember specific. Uh, okay. What kind of events, activities were going on over there, aside from the, comp the, the training conferences? There was a lot oh. of entertainment and that type oh, of thing. Oh yes, they had, um, they had a, they would have what they call the camp, camp engineering, camp manufacturing, camp, all different parts of cap electronics and so on, that the men who worked in those divisions would come and stay. And they would always always have all kinds of competitions going on, uh, a lot of competitions. And um, they would they would have conference, but they played a lot. And they had a golf course, and they uh, um, had plays. They had entertainment that came. They brought their families uh, certain times they would invite their families up, and uh, it must have just been a beehive of activity. Yes, and they all ate in the dining hall. They lived first of all, or the early years, it was tents. Then they got the what they call the wooden tents. Um, but everyone came to the dining hall, and it was run as a first 
class hotel. That, that was where Allie's father, he was the manager of the island for all the... Uh, okay, who's that? that uh, John Austin. In fact, I think I have some of his books of his, how much he paid for things. If you're interested in that, I can let you see those. Um, he, uh, they had linens, they had silverware, real silver, uh, dishes, everything had the AIC logo on it. Um, and uh, they had, uh, they printed menus. I, I, as I say, it was, it was run like a first-class hotel. They really had the best of everything. Um, Paint a scenario for me of, say, during the 40s and 50s, and I guess Mr. Austin was there a little bit earlier, but paint a scene for me of what was going on as a, as a group would arrive in Henderson Harbor. How mm -hmm. would they get there? What would okay. greet them? What would they do once they got there? What kind of things were set up for them? Well, I don't know if I'm exactly familiar with okay. the intricacies of that part of it. Uh, they would come to what is now the uh, the RCR yacht uh, basin now that in those days GE owned it, and they would come and park there, and they would have boats come over from the island. I think it was called a Claverack One and Claverack Two, and they would transport all the um, men over to the island, um, and they would have you know registrations and. Uh, getting settled in and as I say they um, um, and I think I showed you the souvenirs they always gave them a souvenir from each camp um, they and of course they formed the Alphen Society under the elm tree at one point uh, that was only the higher echelon of, of the company that was invited to that um, as I say, they, it just was like a vacation. They played golf, they played games, they uh, um, they played hard, and, and then they had their work conferences, but I think mostly they played. <laughs> now, in the 60s, the attempt was made by the Y, or the Y did, did run it for about 10 years. Yes, they um, did. What do you think happened there? Was it just a case where the Y didn't have the money to uh, well, it up? Well, at the time, Dick Billings, the Y wanted to use it as a, a statewide uh, center for their conferences. I guess the powers that be decided to change it to, I think, Pauling, New York instead. So the island sort of lost a lot of its uh, uh, people that came for the conferences. And the Y, he, he, he lost his job, not lost his job, but they shut it down. They shut the Y down. And uh, then Dick formed Association Island Recreation Corporation to uh, to try to get it into a conference center on his own. And uh, he went and tried to raise money with corporations. And that's when I became part of uh, the board of directors at that time and helped. That's when I sort of was a secretary for him and did a lot of work for him um, and uh, he finally got the uh, National Sailing Center here for when the Olympics, the 76 Olympics were due to take place in Kingston, Ontario. He got them to use the island for the United States to train here and uh, 
So that's what the island was used for for a couple of summers um, before the Olympics. As I understand, Dick and Jill really put their heart and soul. Oh into yes, that. they did. Yes, they did. Why do you think that was? Well, I think it was his dream, and, and whatever Dick wanted, his wife was going to support him, and and they loved it here. They just loved. They lived uh, in the old farmhouse. Then, at, you know, after that first winter, they lived in the farmhouse that's on Snowshoe Island, and then they would move to the brown. I don't know if you're aware of the brown cottage that was there. It's gone now. Uh, about where the fireplace is. Yes. Fireplace. Yes. And uh, then they would sort of make their headquarters there in the summertime, so they were closer to the island. Um, and uh, Dick just loved it here. He just, he really wanted it so badly to, to, to develop in, for his dream. And I guess by then, unless you had deep pockets like a GE, that yes. would yeah. taken a lot of money. And let me tell you, he was on the road all the time to all the big corporations trying to drum up donations. Uh, he succeeded to a great extent. Um, there was an interim period though when the island was up for sale and the, uh, what is, what was it called now? The ones that are over in Glue Island. Windmill? No, the, oh, the... the, the there's a club. club the PK, yeah. was it a PK? PK club. Yes. Yeah. When Fort a group, a, the group of men uh, tried to develop the island at one point. Are you? You must be aware of that. I almost, I almost think in my real estate records I might have the plats of how they d divided up the lots and so on. They came close. Yes, they did. Uh, but then it didn't. Ha and that was a group from Watertown, men from Watertown who were trying to develop it, and that didn't work. And then Dick's didn't work. Uh, it. It seemed that they all had great plans, but they couldn't make them come true. And, uh, it's expensive. Yeah. Now today, today's generation knows of that as an RV resort, and it you know, gets a lot of visitors and it gets used. Mm -hmm. If you if you had to describe what what it once was back in the GE days to some youngster who had no idea anything of that, how, how would you describe that? How would you tell that to that person? Uh, I guess I would say it was a beautiful, pristine, um, lovely piece of property that was beautifully maintained. When GE had it, it was manicured. It was, uh, it's, it's pretty primitive in today's world, you know, what's there now compared to what it was then. Um, as I said, everything was kept up to just perfect condition. Um, it. Uh, For example, they had what facilities there? Well, they had their own uh, water system. Uh, they had their own uh, sewage type of. They had what they called a smokestack was there for years, but that's gone. Uh, so it was. It was. It. It, it would. It was you know, a complete community all by itself. They didn't really need anything from the outside world. Uh, it would be compared to today's uh, uh, resort complexes. I would say it would be equivalent to today's 
probably most plush resort that you could attend today. It was that in its day for. Now, I know Jimmy spent his most of his life as a carpenter, so you certainly know your way around the building. Mm -hmm. Describe to me the unique Association Island cabin. What was it? What was it used for? What did it look like? What was unique about it? Well, it was, it was what uh, a wooden equivalent of a tent. Uh, and it had, uh, it had the high peak. Inside it had bunks built in. There wasn't much else. There was dresser. But that was basically it. There was nothing plush. But it, you're, you're talking about the early 1900s, where we we would think today it was pretty primitive. But in those days, it it, uh, it, it was camping out for these guys, and, and all they wanted to do is go and sleep, and then they were out all day doing their thing. Um, it had a it had a peak in the front with a porch, so you could sit outside on the porch. But it was very basic. Uh, but they were all uniform, and the rows that they had of them were very, very attractive. You've seen the pictures of them. Um, they did have high water times on the island. There were a few times when it flooded on the the other the, at the eastern end of the island, uh, so that the island would not open. There were years when GE would not open it, and there were years when Dick Billings had it. And he was trying to develop it, and we had, we had high water those years, which uh, at one point Dick brought in like the Syracuse stage. He brought in uh, artists. Uh, uh, he brought in lovely uh, puppet shows for children. Um, it, it, he had quite a, and I think I have playbills from all of those too. Um, and uh, I can remember that they had put wooden planks to walk over certain parts of it to get to the town hall for the performances. And another thing, GE built that town hall, and they had the most up-to-date modern, it was better than any movie theater going. They had all the best lighting, and, uh, and I remember my daughter Tina and, and their, da their daughter uh, Amy getting up on stage and performing and having such a good time on stage. Um, and it, it was fun to go over to those. <clears throat> the other thing is that when Dick had it, they would hold uh, dances on a Saturday night. And the the town hall had like French doors that they would open up. And they would send a claverack over to the Harbor Road here. You get on the claverack and they'd take you over for the dances. And Jimmy and I would go to the dances. and. <clears throat> Afterwards, they'd come back, and it was always lovely to come across the lake, and they'd have music playing, and on, even on the on the the, the claverack coming back, and it uh, it was nice that the community could share in the activities that they had, even though most of the people who went there were for conferences, but they invited our the community as a whole to come over, and it it uh, it was great, and they had this they wanted the Syracuse Symphony to come and uh, oh he had grand plans he really did okay. well you have just hit on all the major points that uh... so all the stuff that she had um, it became a lot more uh, personal to me then and as I say I have all those pictures of her father and the island and uh, 
She probably had a lot of memories of going out there. Oh my, yes. She, uh, she loved the island and she used to go out and stay a lot out there and her mother did too. Um, just as an aside, I went to the, the World's Fair in Montreal at one point and I stayed in a bed, of a bed and breakfast place and when I came down for breakfast the first morning, the woman, it was a beautiful two-door mansion that we were staying in. She came out of the kitchen and she says, who's the one from Henderson Harbor? And I said, we are. She said, my aunt was the nurse on, uh, for GE. And she said, and one of my very best friends was Allie Austin. And I said, she's my next door neighbor. <laughs> so it's funny, strange. Um, All right, I just need to get a couple extra pictures of you sitting here so we can have some extra editing stuff. Well, thank you very much. I just, I can't believe how you just hit on every key element that I wanted you to. Oh, really? With just a little bit of prompting. Oh. Um, will you be at the ladies' luncheon Tuesday? Yes, I will. Okay. I was not going to go this year, but then I heard you were going to be there, so I'm coming. I will show about six minutes worth, which is all we have done so far, oh. of editing on the films. Oh. It is very time consuming and yeah. for this reason, because all those films are shot in as silent films. Oh. So the editor I'm using is a guy that I used to work with at the station, and we're having to dub sound in. Mm -hmm. For example, we've got one scene where a bunch of people pick up co-workers and they throw them in the, in the boat channel over mm -hmm. there. Yes, yeah. Oh, the hijinks that went on uh, and, the, and the practical jokes that they did with each other were amazing. And, and I didn't realize that till I started going through Allie's things. Um, I have one uh, inner memo, I think, that went around that will explain it completely, how they teased each other. So. It, uh, yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful place. It, so uh, we're having to put audio of everything in there. Boat sounds, swimming sounds. Oh. Even though. Now, what are you doing clothes. with this film? Well, I'm going to put it together and, I don't know, we'll, we'll show it at some point and uh, make it available somehow. We'll maybe get a couple of public showings up here, hopefully next summer. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> I don't know, it's just something I enjoy doing, and mm -hmm. once I got started on these books, the, the, it sort of mushroomed. the museum in Schenectady said, oh, I suppose you want the films, too, so I said, sure, why not? Um, so I, it's, it's fun doing it, mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun mm -hmm. doing it, plus I'm mm -hmm. trying to uh, reposition myself so when I get ready for retirement, I'll be doing these things instead oh. of working in television. Oh, good. Good for you. And you, I think you'll agree that there are so many places now where you you can mm. market a, a documentary film yeah. or a oh yeah or a mm -hmm. or a um, mm -hmm. book with video and that kind right. of right yeah. So it, well, you explain it as much like what your daughter's doing. Uh, she's working for uh, Ken Burns or well well yeah she worked uh, on a couple of his. Uh, in fact, the Dust Bowl, which is coming in November, is when she worked on, and I think in. 2014 is when uh, the Roosevelts, she worked on that one. It's uh, Teddy 
and Franklin and Eleanor. They're doing a seven night series on that one. The Dust Bowl is only two nights. Yeah. Well, what I'm doing is not nearly as elaborate as Ken Burns. <laughs> but, uh, hey, why not? Somebody's got to do it. I, he's not going to be around forever, right? Yeah, but look at the budget he has. I know. I know. The budget he has. Yeah. Oh, my. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that but was a you, lovely. Editor, he's, uh, mm -hmm. When you see this, these films, and if, if people can appreciate that um, these films were completely silent mm -hmm. until he brought them to life. Yes, right, right. Yeah, he's done a great job. And I really loved him before Tina ever went to work for him. <laughs> so. All right. Are we done?